I think you've gotten some flavor, and, and especially, you know, through the pictures and the stories, and I think one thing, um, we should all, as pe the people of St. David's, be proud, you know, of the men and women who went on this trip along with Frank and Anna, who were at the 8 o'clock service. Um, it's, the, the team got along very well and accomplished, you know, a lot of work, I think, you know, more than than what, what they expected and you know the kids you know had a great experience and and I hope that uh, each and every one of us who went were forever changed in some way in some lasting way that will impact um, us you know for the rest of our days here uh, on earth and one thing I, um, that the sending agency the Society of Anglican Missionaries and Senders has certificates for each and every person who went. I just want to read those. I, I'm going to just read this. The Society of Anglican Missionaries and Senders commends the ministry of all these folks, all ten of us, who have faithfully responded to Christ's great commission to go and make disciples of all nations through steadfast participation in missionary service to the Hope of Jesus Children's Home in the community of La Esperanza in the country of Honduras in partnership with SAMS in the year of our Lord, 2012. Um, and the SAMS organization, you know, thanks us for that. So I want to give these certificates to um, all of these folks in, in front of you. And this is Deborah's, and Nate, and Jim, and Alex, and Brian, and Lori, and Tom, and Steve. And we'll leave that over there. So with that, I'm going to dismiss the team. I have a few words that I want to speak, and then we'll continue on with our service. So thank you very much for a great presentation. I'm going to just speak, speak briefly, just a little bit, you know, about the why. You know, why do we do this? But be, before I do, and I'm glad that I believe it was Tom who said, thanking you, the congregation, for your prayers. The thing, you know, we just felt upheld in prayer. Thank you, Diane, for leading the intercessors. There were individual intercessors assigned to each of us. Um, the trip, I, I just don't think it could have went any better than it did. So we all thank you so much for your prayers. And thank you, especially, Diane, for coordinating the prayer ministry. And, yeah, the, the kids, you know, the, the prayers, like Eduardo, the, the seven-year-old who was left in subhuman conditions, uh, you know, as was said at the prayer service, he prayed for his brother, Anthony, who hopefully will be coming to live at um, Hope of Jesus in any day now, hopefully. It was actually, they shared the same foster mother, I believe it, possibly even at different times. So, as I said, that's, that's what they did. I think we were so impressed um, with Mike and Kim Miller, especially, who've been down in Honduras for five to six years. I mean, they started this thing and, and, they've, and they've continued to run it. And Anna Reed, who, is, who has joined them, a single woman who, who comes down 
there to live. And, uh, you know, it's a real great change um, in, in their lifestyle. And, and it's, you know, that was powerful just to, to, to get to know them and to work, to work alongside them. And, of course, you know, those kids are, are so cute without question. But as was as said a little bit, there are some difficult stories with, some, with these kids. Most, maybe all but one, have psychological issues because of their upbringing. They're orphans. They're not, you know, they're not wanted in some ways. Their parents have, are not able to care for them and or don't want to care for them. But unfortunately, because since they won't renounce their parental rights, these kids cannot be adopted. And there's a, a many, many more kids in this area and in Honduras um, who are like that. Half, almost, I be, I, I, our material said, half the population of Honduras, and I think they have 7 million in Honduras, are children. And so these kids, they cannot be adopted. And fortunately, you know, they've been brought in to the hope of Jesus. And just to, to tell you two stories, Hennessy or Hennessis, Genesis is what it, the name is. And her brothers are Abraham and Isaac, so, you know, very good Old Testament uh, uh, naming of the babies. Um, this is the end of the description of, of Hennessy at age two when she arrived at the orphanage. It's hard for me to imagine this precious child in her former state. She was left alone for long periods of time or left in the care of her two brothers, Isaac and Abraham who are seven and five now. She was often found wandering in the street by herself in utter filth and wearing just a dirty diaper. We were told there is no doubt that Hennessy would be dead had she not been rescued from the streets and placed in our loving care. And then there's Joanna. That's the first girl that Lori described that had surgery and had a cut uh, scar you know, down her chest. This, lady, this little girl had at least for me, the top smile of all the children. And they had, almost all of them had their own precious smiles. They all had their own cuteness. But she just was the, the biggest smiler, except on the day when we left, and she's sitting in the car saying goodbye to us, and she's got tears running down her face. Um, the end says, Joanna has overcome many challenges and is learning to control some negative behaviors. She still bears the emotional scars of the traumas she has suffered. However, she is a strong and determined young girl who is making great progress in her psychological therapy sessions. She's 10. She's all of 50 to 60 pounds. I mean, but she is, you know, full of energy. And I could go on. These are two of the, the more dramatic stories that I read. And, and, and these kids are blessed to have been brought in to this orphanage. And as I said, half of Honduran population are children and 75% of these kids live under the national poverty level. And we're talking you know, about on very little income. Because around the world there are 3 billion people, that's almost half the world's population, that live on $2.50 a day or less. That's $912. Um, we've got about a billion people in this world who cannot read a book, or they cannot sign their name. And today, July, 28, July 8th, 26,000 children are going to die today because of hunger, malnutrition, 
disease, lack of clean water, other causes that are due to their poverty. And tomorrow, another 26,000. And the next day, and in the next year, that number is going to be 10 million children under the age of five are going to die. There is serious poverty, as we know, in, in this world. And we've got poverty here in the United States, although not on, on the scale. Um, I think it was in 2008, I, I read something that 14% of our population uh, live below the poverty line, which for a family of four is, I believe, $21,800. And that percentage has probably gone up you know, during our uh, financial and economic crisis and challenges that we've had. We've, poverty is this world, and it's a big problem. And God cares about the poor. God cares about the needy. And God has a lot to say about the poor and the needy. There's a lot of references to the poor in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. And Jesus cares deeply about people in need. He, in our Gospels, he fed 4,000, he fed 5,000 on different occasions. And yes, he did that to show that he was the Son of God. But he also did it because he cared about people's needs. We read in the Gospels that he healed people of their diseases, of sickness. He drove out demons. He even healed, we read last week, he raised uh, Jairus' daughter from the dead. This is the mission of Jesus. And when he first speaks in Luke chapter 4, it's his first words that are kind of beginning his ministry in those famous verses in uh, Luke 4, 18 to 19, it's, I, I view it as his mission statement. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And two verses later, he says to the people in the synagogue, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And we all know that, pa that passage in Matthew 25 where, where the king is separating the sheep from the goats. And Jesus talks about feeding the hungry, giving water to the thirsty, inviting the stranger in, uh, clothing the naked, visiting the sick and the prisoner. This is what Jesus was all about and what, it's what he wants his disciples to be about. And it's, and it's his mission um, for us. And so being a Christ follower, yes, it's faith in Jesus Christ. It's believing that he is the Son of God. Faith is important. But also, being a follower of Christ is also about action. Putting that faith into action. Um, and you, you saw our team doing a little bit of that. We have ministries where, where we do that. Um, but my friends... It's not enough. It's not enough. Those eight days that we were down there, that's not enough for this year. God calls us, each and every one of us, to use our eyes, our hearts, and our hands to care about the poor and the needy in our communities, in our families, our friends, and in the world. And I use those from last week's reading in Deuteronomy 15, which speaks about the poor. First, you know, I, I, the eyes are mentioned. We are not to look negatively 
these eyes are our window into the world. It's, it's what we see. And I know I, for one, prior to this trip, um, was much, well, I'm just saying it was ignorant of the great poverty that goes on in the world. Yes, I see poverty in the United States, but it is uh, a far cry from some of the deep poverty that happens around the world. And, and I pray I don't go back to that, to that way, because we need to see. That's our window to the world. And then when we see, we've got hearts. And God wants our hearts to break like his heart breaks when he sees people in need, people that are hurting. We've got a hurting and lost world that God cares about so much that he sent Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, to die for us so that we could be reconciled to God and our sins could be forgiven. And he wants us to share ourselves with a hurting and lost world and our hands. That image, that's how we do a lot of our work. And whatever, in our first thing, it doesn't have to be work. It's what many of you did here. You prayed for us on this mission. It's what many of you do. You do care about those that are hurting. And you pray for them. But then there's also that work that we do with our hands, with our finances, all of that, all, of our, all that we are. And as we get more involved in it, then it's kind of, it kind of feeds. Our heart, you know, is, is moistened. And then our eyes see more. And that's what our mission is. That's what God has called us to do. That is why St. David sent a missions team to Honduras to work with these wonderful missionaries Mike and Kim Miller and Anna Reed, and to be with these wonderful kids and then the other staff who are changing these children's lives and raising them in the teachings of Jesus and showing the love of Christ to them. And so I now close and pray that our testimonies and our words will inspire each and every one of us to do more of the same in caring for the poor, the needy, the widow, and the orphan as we go through this life here on earth, in the name of Jesus, under the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.